are a lot of interesting companies that may themselves be great independent companies, but in truth likely look like part of a suite of products that people should be offering. Large incumbents are unlikely to want to pick up companies that don't offer something distinct to them. They're going to want to go and work with the folks that get get their vision or that you know that they want to be future colleagues with that they want you know they think will be the right place for them to grow their businesses and uh, so i think i think there will be a bit of that happening uh, you know as as has happened in every industry that goes through any cycle of of, of innovation and and compression and uh, and to that end i mean look at redfin and bay equity i think that someone on the street would presume that redfin would be you know, more adept at building, building that technology. Um, but Redfin chose to acquire Bay Equity. They decided let's focus where we have a real place to innovate and acquire elsewhere, right? And so I think when you just think about the assets that people have as there's consolidation, I think it's going to be surprising who, who in fact has real value and it might not always be who you, who you suspect. The Housing Wire Tech 100 launched at the beginning of March, and it only felt appropriate to bring two of this year's winners onto the Housing News Podcast. Today, we have Pat Kenzel, the CEO of Notarize, and Patrick Burns, the CEO of Spruce, talking about the digital mortgage ecosystem. And while the term digital mortgage has been tossed around for, for more than a decade now, and a lot of people have claimed to have built and launched truly digital mortgage experience. We all know that we're not quite there yet. And as we enter a rising rate environment, we actually might be standing at the precipice of true adoption and faster innovation. This year's Tech 100 featured an article in the Housing Wire magazine written by yours truly that focused in on how innovation leads, profits follow, but progress is inevitable. We explored the concept of innovation versus disruption and Pat and Patrick do an amazing job at helping add some context as practitioners in this episode of the Housing News Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Awesome, gents. Well, well thanks for joining. I think this will be a, a fun episode. Idea kind of came together at the at dinner in Boston with, with Pat and, and Hadley couple of weeks ago. Um, Patrick, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Doing well. I need to like get myself going here. Yeah, it's it's eleven o'clock on the East Coast, guys. Come on. This is uh should be ready to rock. Oh, you know, the notary business is twenty four seven, my man. <laughs> and I just had a call uh a, a rare call with someone in the UK this morning at seven AM our time, so well well into my day. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Well, Pat, Patrick, welcome. Hello. Excited to be here. This is going to be a, a confusing episode to host. I uh, don't usually have two guests and usually ne- I've never had two guests that have the same full name. So uh, you guys are going to have to, to, ke- to keep me on track if I um, start talking about the, the wrong the wrong Pat or the wrong Patrick here. Well, one of us has a sexy international voice and the other one runs an online notary company. So hopefully people can figure it out. Yeah, that is uh, that that is that is very true. I uh, I very recently became actually a U.S. citizen. Um, they tell me they tell me the accent's going to come, but it hasn't it hasn't come quite yet. I'm waiting for that to be delivered. But I'm a, I'm a fully fledged citizen, recently minted. Well, congratulations! That's amazing. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, so like a, a weekend and the accent hasn't changed. That just blows my mind. I, what what is the point of citizenship? I know. I know. All those, all, all those application fees wasted. <laughs> so, so for our audience's sake, the, uh, the, the sexy accent is, is Patrick Burns, uh, the CEO of Spruce and our, 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 our friendly, but, but boring e-notary CEO is Pat Kinzel from Notarize. Really well-timed episode too. Both Notarize and Spruce are HW housing wire tech 100 winners this year. So just just amazing to see the progress of both your companies over the the last several years um, as as we've been watching you and watching what you've been doing in the industry. Notarize, I think since 2017, 3,500% growth. Does that sound right, about right, Pat? 
Oh, it's probably more than that now. I mean, we, we did more transactions last year than in the six years combined. We'll do more this year than the seven years combined. So we, we've, we're on a geometric slope at this point. What, what metric can you, what, what's like the key KPI for success at Notarize? Is it the number of transactions or like, what, what do you watch the closest to, to make sure you're tracking in the right direction? Transactions and active customers. Um, and uh, uh, they basically tell the whole story. So. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, and Patrick, you guys are in spruces in 48 States now. So kind of like nationwide coverage that that's pretty amazing. What, what has that path been like on, uh, on getting adoption across the United States? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that speaks to the overall evolution in the real estate industry. You know, the companies we serve are digital companies. That's how that's how you innovate in any industry and that's how companies are innovating in the real estate industry. And so where instead of a you know a, a main street storefront as how you reach customers, if you're reaching customers on the internet um, you don't want those local differences. You don't want to have to uh, shutter out people because they happen to be in in Kansas instead of California. And so being everywhere and offering the same consistent experience, whether that's an API or a, a, a digital closing experience, it has to be the same all over the country. And so we've definitely had to take on some, you know, some, some state by state uh, factors, but really the goal is providing the, 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 the end product that enables the same great experience irrespective of where you are in the country. That's awesome. Can, can you dig deeper into the core product? Tell, tell us about Spruce, the, the mission, the, the service offering. We'd love to learn more. Yeah. So in a nutshell, we're, we're here to enable online real estate transactions. Now, where that comes from is the the traditional real estate industry, you know, the, the inherently local relationship driven industry has worked tremendously well for a, for a very long period of time. And over the last 10 plus years in varying ways that that started to change, that started to break down. I think consumer expectations have increased on the one hand, um, but at the same time, there are whole use cases that have have cropped up that are either partially or completely underserved. You know, for example, uh, changing um, work habits, changing demographics, changing socioeconomic factors, changing preferences about how people want to live. And so what we've seen is a wave of innovation into driving convenience into traditional real estate transaction models and a whole host of new transaction models, um, everything from, you know, how I finance a home purchase, uh, alternatives to traditional home financing, like equity investments, how I invest in real estate, the opportunities that people have to invest in real estate, both the largest, the largest investors and the smallest investors. Um, and all of these companies, what they have in common is, as I said, they want to use technology to provide their product to their audience. Now, what that change has at its core is a need for digital infrastructure, right? Where the the, the traditional in-market associated services did really, really well in the, in the traditional real estate transaction. These new companies need new infrastructure. They need APIs instead of phone calls, and they need great digital experiences instead of a traditional conference room to get to get all the parties around for, for a closing ceremony. And that's what Spruce is building to enable. So we provide those products and services that are needed to enable real estate transactions, um, but we do so digitally through APIs and web product and so on um, in service of these companies. So is the the primary user of Spruce's closing technology, the the title company, or like who 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 is the adopter, who's the super user, and 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 how how does that kind of work across the transaction with mortgage and real estate? Yeah, so as one of those absolutely core enabling services, um, we we are the title company. We offer title insurance in the transactions. We act as the escrow in the transactions. So we're moving the money um, and and and. 
partnership with uh, great companies like Notarize. We also facilitate the closing and the transaction, um, and 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 more beyond that. And and so the the clients we serve are companies that want to do transactions digitally, and so that's everything from uh, a whole host of prop tech companies doing equity co investments, um, sale lease back models. Um, fractionalization models to great digital mortgage lenders that may be selling a, con- a conventional mortgage product, but are doing so with some digital value proposition, which is normally a host of faster, more convenient, more transparent. It seems like one of the critical parts of adoption of a digital closing is the kind of the sequencing of innovation and the sequencing of technology. And if I understand that, sequencing correctly, remote online notarization was a a pretty core component of our industry ever being able to evolve to a one-click or or digital experience. Pat, do you want to jump in and and tell us about Notarize uh, specifically as it relates to your your mortgage and real estate verticals? I know you're also innovating across other markets um, in the economy. Sure. Um, Companies called Notarize, so that's what we do. Right. And I think, uh, you know, we have a lot of great partners who together we we enable amazing experiences, but maybe a little history. You know, 2012, the CFPB kicked off a study and they basically asked, why are people not adopting electronic mortgage? It's obviously better. Right. It cost savings, efficiencies, fraud reduction. You know, I don't need to belabor the point, but why aren't people doing it? And there's a couple of systemic problems that they identified. One was lack of access to digital notarization and the other was lack of clarity related to the policies to close these transactions in a digital manner. So for the past several years, that's what we've done. We've basically created ubiquitous 24-7, 365, virtually instantaneous access to notarization on any device, you know, at any time. Um, And then we've really put a lot of resources and time and effort into clarifying regulations. And now, for the most part, you can do this nationally. Um, What we do is enable partners like Spruce to have this incredible workflow and then when it's time to close, you know, there's someone at the ready to to facilitate that transaction. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, we offer that service that they can rely upon to, to facilitate their transactions. For folks who haven't you know, heard from us for a little while, um, you know, what we've really evolved is to be, go from a product to a platform. You know, our view is this is not always our customer. It's Spruce's customer, right? Um, they want to offer this seamless experience to their to their end user. So how can they take what we've built, snap it right into their core product experience and deliver that in the way that is is best suited for them? So we have a lot of partners, you know, both in and outside of real estate now, Adobe's another example, that you know are embedding us seamlessly into these experiences. Um, and that's a huge focus for us. The other thing is that um, it's re- it's really fun for me to be on this podcast with the both of you because, when we passed Texas, you know, years ago, it was the first, you know, sort of modern state. Your housing wire was there. And I was on stage trying to get people to give a shit about this, frankly. Um, and that was a lift, right, even back then. And I think what where we've succeeded, and I've said this from, from the beginning, is if you don't care about online notarization, that's fine. But you should care about everything that it enables. Like the reason you're stuck in paper is because of notarization. So if you can get rid of that paper, everything before and after can be digitized and it enables so much innovation. And that's what's really exciting that we're seeing now is there's all of this innovation happening, you know, before us and after us and, you know, what Spruce is doing. And we just want to really help people with this one aspect. And then with Patrick, what's fun is, you know, it's been a slog for all of us, like to go out and say you want to make a dent in the real estate market. So I remember, you know, sitting in Vegas, having breakfast with Patrick you know, years ago, basically with teams of 20 trying to go take on this industry. We now each have four or 500 people on the team. We've got great customers. We're doing, you know, we've done more than a million real estate transactions now. Um, and it's just, it's just, you know, survivors, you know, uh, it's been the survivor's battle, but we're still here. So it's, it's really rewarding to chat with both of you. Yeah, that's, I, I remember going to that announcement event. I think it was down at a, um, a venue near Turtle Creek in Dallas. Uh, I think y'all did, yeah. you did a road show, right? Between like Austin and Dallas and a few other locations in Texas. Oh, it was nuts. We basically passed the Texas law and we basically threw three weddings in a row. Yep. Um, you know, day, day, you know, it was, um, we went from uh, Dallas to Austin to, to San Antonio. I forget the specific order of it. 
and had these like multi hundred person events back to back to back to try to really just light a fire, you know, under, under the fact that this was possible. And, uh, but that was exhausting. I mean, it's one of those PTSD type memories. And I'll never forget the phone call I got from American express. Um, cause everything was on my personal credit card and they're like, you know, you, you've had some, you know, aberrant charges. And I'm like, yeah, how much? And they're like, Oh, $645,000 or something like that. It's <laughs> like, Oh yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Um, one of the, the challenges of starting a business that nobody talks about is when you start a company, you don't have, you can't get a, a good business credit card on day one. So, so many entrepreneurs end up doing exactly what you did. I know I did, uh, as well. So you, you talked about regulation and getting in Texas waived where, where, you know, we're having this conversation after a pretty monumental announcement about New York. And when I've thought about remote online notarization and the, the regulatory charge. Like I, I have like images in my head of like the way U the Uber team was like beating down every municipality across the country, try trying to get, um, the right to, to do rideshare, um, one way or another. And, uh, I kind of always pictured you Pat of doing the same thing, like pounding like state by state, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, politician I, by politician to make it happen. I hate the Uber comparison, honestly. Um, <laughs> And for a couple of reasons, you know, Uber basically said to hell with regulation and we're going to aggregate consumers and use that consumer demand to tell regulators to go pound sand. And I often describe Notarize's challenge. It's like, imagine you took an Uber back in the day to the airport and the airport was like, doesn't count, go home, try again. Um, and notarizations like they go to the county, you know, recorder or they go to the IRS or they go to, you know, some servicer. They, they get to reject the transaction. And so for us, we've had to have the opposite approach, which was to go proactively, you know, build support, gain acceptance, and and just take a totally different, so I'd say, collaborative approach. The other thing that, that drives me nuts about the comparison, honestly, is that as much as people would like, remote online notarization is not a controversial subject. If you look at the states where we've passed now, you know, 40, and you do the vote count, I think there's like seven people in 40 states that have voted against the bills. It's like thousands of yeses and like seven or eight, you know, no votes. Um, and the industries that support it, it's, it's obviously real estate, which is both title, you know, mortgage lending. Um, but then outside of real estate, it's like the, you know, auto dealers and the AARP and the retirement industry. And it's just such an obviously better solution that people have, they've got, but, but your, your visual is exactly correct. It's passing legislation is an absolute slog. Like it is, it is just meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. So, so what? I so what, what go, go ahead, Patrick. So I was just going to say one thing that I wonder you if if it rings true for you, Pat. One thing that I always like to sort of remind myself and remind people is that the this industry by. A useful yardstick, which is you know how 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 big is the industry and how big is the industry relative to this industry in other countries, has worked phenomenally well, right, uh, for a very long time, and the regulation that exists is a core part of that, right? Companies being willing to lend money um, to people they don't know at tremendous volumes and so on is in huge part because they've had this trusted legal system in this pathway to, to to doing that. I think that's useful to keep in mind because it sort of clarifies what the problems to solve there are, right? It's, pro it's problems of modernization, it's problems of, um, <clears throat> you know, adopting these new processes and so on. But it, it, it's not, to your point, a problem of regulation at, at its core, um, in so many ways, the stability of the regulation in this industry is part of what's enabled it to grow in the past. Yeah. And I think will enable it to grow in the future when done right. I 1000% agree with you. And I think that um, beyond that, I think people don't appreciate the how interoperable the industry is. And despite it historically being paper, you know, the reality is if you are a mortgage lender over on one side of the country or a title company over here, you know, everything related to underwriting and securitization and, you know, recordation, um, these systems and rules that are in place work, right? Um, and as a result, that's where you have liquidity in the market. And I think that one of the challenges to, to adoption, specifically of digital closings in Ron, has been 
um, not legally can you do it, but practically speaking, do you maintain that same interoperability for people in their, in their business practice? I think about um, getting out of mortgage lending and just thinking about real estate brokerages. You know, the reality is like these companies compete, but they're always on opposite sides of the transaction, right? Like, so they have to work together, right? And they need systems that allow people to facilitate transactions and, and, and commerce to flow. So at Notarize now, we're really in the challenge of of just penetration and getting enough people on the platform. And I think the other aspect of the regulation, which is interesting, is that the whole concept of securitization and, and sort of downstream participants, the question is, can they rely on the efficacy of the transaction? You know, the fact that, that someone can take, you know, end mortgages and bundle them and sell them only works because people can't question the, the you know, the validity of the mortgages, right? So ultimately for us, the, the challenge is not just regulation. It's, it's, well, just individual entities accept this new, this new paradigm. And that's what we've spent so much money and time doing. It's not just regulations. It's going and meeting with all of these other participants and counterparties and explaining how they can rely on these transactions in a similar fashion and how that interoperability is still, is still maintained. And is the hurdle of that adoption, just the fact that the housing industry has, has historically worked well. And we have to convince people that, Hey, this, this is part of the future. And now is the time that you need to start adopting these tools or like, what is the hurdle? If we, if we know it's obvious, we know it works. Like what is it? Is it just time and education or like what else gets in the way? Well, for some people, there are no hurdles, you know, a company like Spruce, they can do this. Right. Um, I think the real challenge is, is these you know, folks who have massive sort of partner ecosystems, specifically in purchase, right? I mean, how, and how they move forward. And we're making progress with that. I think the other thing is like, I think the audience probably appreciates this, but like, what has the day-to-day life been for the last 18 months of your average escrow officer? It has been hell. Like they've been working 18 and 20 hour days. Um, people have just not had time to learn, to learn new systems, new workflow, new process. I think it's also an understanding of who's the customer. Right. Like oftentimes, especially in purchase, like, yes, there's an end consumer, but the, the realtor is probably who they perceive to be the customer. Have you considered, you know, their concerns? Right. Have you built a process for them where they both feel comfortable? They feel that they're guiding their customer through something that they trust and understand. How do you how do you educate them and bring them onto the platform? And that's where you know, we have partnerships, Realogy and others, where we spend a bunch of time and, and progress on that. So it's just one of these things like the closing I think there's two aspects to it. It, it is, it is, it is where everything comes together, all the people, all the documents, all the money, right? There's a bunch of companies like Spruce that are dealing with a lot of those issues. And what Notarize represents is just the intersection where it just comes together and goes and goes back apart. Right. Um, but all those people have to be willing to, to come to that table and have to feel, you know, comfortable and educated and, and good about the experience. Um, and they, they increasingly are, and, and it's because it's proving effective in certain parts of the market. Um, but beyond that, now it's honestly, my view is we're in classic technology adoption challenges. We're no longer in regulatory challenges. It's about systems integration. You know, it's about training employees to use systems. That, that's the phase where digital closings are now. It's no longer some controversial, you know, challenging issue. Yeah. I mean, we like to think that the last 24 months brought a, about a great acceleration of adoption of technology and fintech. But when you think about the, the refi boom, I mean, Pat, are you making the case that like the great acceleration of technology and mortgage real estate hasn't really happened yet because uh, nobody had bandwidth to adopt new tools, um, train teams and actually implement because of just the the mad volume and stretch for capacity across organizations over the last I think years? it depends where you're talking about. I think everything okay. related to customer acquisition and underwriting saw a massive you know, acceleration. And I think everything related to closing and processing did in some areas and for some, some companies and others, they just battened down the hatches and got done what they needed to get done. Yeah. When I think there were a lot of instances where companies necessarily had to say, we're going to take the path of least resistance here. Um, And in some instances that looked like technology adoption in some instances that looked like not being able to stop and invest the time in things as basic as you said pat it's like training for example um but really when you were just trying to get through the volume you know to take those time to to do those trainings i think could be meaningfully hard um i think with more 
a, a reversion to the mean or, or more normal times. I think that's this is this is a great moment for companies that have had to delay um, certain initiatives, changeovers, trainings, adoptions, purchasing decisions, and so on. Um, and and we've certainly seen a, a, a lot of that that was perhaps put off be picked back up again. Yeah, I, I would add. I think that um, not everyone's going to make the jump, you know. And I think, you know, I, I spent a lot of effort trying to convince everyone to, you know. But the reality is that um, I think a good question for us when we're talking to a prospective client is like, "Tell me about another digital initiative that you've succeeded with, right?" And if someone is not success, if a lender is not, you know, digitize other aspects of their operations. The, you know, do they have sort of the institutional experience and fortitude to, to transform closings, right? And I, I often say closings, I see it as a two-pronged challenge. I think there's workflow, which is, um, you know, I think hybrid, hybrid's partially addressed, which is just a move to some digital documents, right? And it's not just about the documents, it's about changing the customer interaction, Right. Um, and the sec- second is capital markets, and that's everything related to e-notes and, and e-mortgage. And and if you if you tackle those two issues separately as a lender, you can say to yourself, okay, I'm going to train my teams to work with digital documents, and we're going to go either renegotiate or change our capital market strategy to take advantage of e-notes. Separate challenges and opportunities, right? And then on the when you go full run, the benefits are just extraordinary, but it requires investment to get there. Um, because if you think about the closing, what oftentimes the closing represents is it's just the grab bag of all the unresolved issues, right? It's like, look, oh, we didn't get this document. We don't have this. We don't have that. So I'm bringing it to the closing, right? Um, well, suddenly, if you go wrong, you're talking about they're not coming in. It's a digital experience, right? So you have to solve you know, a lot of issues in orchestration to get to that point. And that's where us working with a partner like Spruce and all of the technology that they have that's really what they're innovating in is, is making sure all of the things that need to happen before are being digitized, are being tracked and accounted for. And you have this really seamless closing process and experience, right? Um, but but it's, it's, a whole, it's whole hog, right? Ron represents whole hog, you know, digital transformation of documents, customer experience, and, and capital markets. Pat, early in the conversation, you met, mentioned that it might take a rising rate environment to, to really push forward kind of the, the, the next wave of, of adoption. Um, so how do you see the path forward as we potentially look at a rising rate environment, which we've seen for the last several months, but I think we're kind of hiccuping right now on interest rates, but we'll see where we go. I mean, we're, we're seeing everyone decide to fully invest in digital closings because the cost savings and improved customer experience. And I think in a rising rate environment, people are much more margin conscious and they're also uh, much more competitive, right? Or they need to compete and largely on customer experience. And so people are, I think, making technology investments that they weren't previously. Um, I was told that for years, and we're seeing it. Patrick, how is, how is this environment impacting adoption in, in Spruce? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think I think competition within the the, the market, and also what I, I I'm excited about is, you know, there are a number of innovative products that are somewhat countercyclical to to the interest rate environment. Um, products focused on HELOCs or equity investment, alternative sources of financing that have a chance to compete um, in a way that they didn't have in a in a near zero rate environment. And we just we just onboarded a client like this last month, and they, they came to us because they want uh, you know a digital experience the beginning of the transaction. They want to leverage our APIs for title and escrow and so on. And they came out of the gate and said, look, we, we want to construct this workflow. We want to close transactions um, with a digital run experience with Notarize as well. And I think that was a great sort of exemplar of companies being thoughtful about the end-to-end. You know, the problem that exists before is a lack of infrastructure. And we're solving this problem by providing this digital infrastructure. And so these, these these companies are being enabled and in a, a more nuanced environment, these companies are able to compete. And I'm, I'm you, you know, I think, as you said, Pat, there, it's interesting times ahead. And I think there's going to be much, much more nuance um, to what competitive looks like 
than there perhaps has been um, over the past year or two? For me, North Star success of digital transformation in you know mortgage and housing is that a person getting a mortgage is as competitive as an all cash offer. And I think you're staying in a house, you want to you want to buy it. Why can't technology allow you to pull out your phone? You have a relationship with a bank or other institution. They can immediately basically underwrite and approve. And through technologies like Spruce and us, you can close, right? Why, why, why can't? And I understand the, all the issues probably better than anyone. Um, but that to me is success. And the only way that we're going to get there as an industry is by people really owning their portion of the, that value chain and being interoperable and partnering, right? And that's just the reality is that no one is going to be able, in my opinion, to build that end to end. And I think what we've also seen in the last 24 to 36 months is a lot of platforms come out and promise the market that they're going to build these end to end experiences. And they frankly are falling flat on their face because it is such an enormous challenge at national, local, you know, scale. And now we're seeing people partner. And I think this is a perfect example, you know, this call with, you know, Patrick and I and our teams, we, we know the value we're trying to deliver to the market. We're partnering, we're, we're giving customers choice, right, about how they can deliver this and, and what's most appropriate for them, you know, to achieve this. Um, and I think there's going to be huge acceleration. I'm seeing huge acceleration, I should say, because people are finally, like, we're getting clear, we're not competing for the same customer. Like we're on the phone with them and we're, we're having a shared vision of this is what they do. This is what we do. And that's shaking through the whole market and that can, and is driving a lot of acceleration. So in the kind of the spirit of partnership, what tech stack and like capital resources need to come together to enable that homeowner experience that, that North star Pat, where someone's in an open house and they get pre-approved right there and they're on the path toward a, a one click closing. Like wh- where are the gaps today um, that, that need to come together or the partnerships that have to come together to enable existing independent or mor- mortgage banks or, or uh, you know, a new wave of mortgage innovator to come into the market and actually be able to offer that, that solution. I mean, where to begin? Um, and I, I don't want to start just listing off names because I, I will forget someone who's a great, a great company. But I think I look at things related to automated underwriting and like Fannie's Day One Certainty, companies like Form Free, you know, Blend and others, right, with their ability to, you know, grab data that's required to make those decisions. I look at the um, appraisal waivers that the GSEs had, you know, through the course of, of the pandemic, where they were more willing to allow for, you know, data-driven underwriting decisions in lieu of appraisal and the companies, you know, Regora and others, you know, they're in that space. And I'm, I'm, there's many, I'm just saying one, right. You know, flowing into, um, you know, the blends and the simple nexus of the world and the way that they're capturing data from consumers and underwriting, right. Um, you know, into the, into the spruces of the world, which are, you know, focused on title um, and the whole experience of, of, of gathering and curing and, and whatnot. And ultimately to a platform like all which facilitates closing. I think, when you get there, there's hugely interesting implications in capital markets and alternative forms of warehouse finance, which become possible. Um, there are GSC policies around, you know, how quickly you can you can close, which will need to be addressed. There's there's tons of policy and issues, but like there are companies that are are tackling every aspect of that challenge, right? Um, and I and I think it's an inevitability. Um, I don't think anything is required other than we're all just working toward it, and it's going to click. Yeah, and I and I agree with everything you said, Pat. And that's I think that the, that's certainly where the core is. I'll just add that we also see interesting um, instances where so many of those pieces are just not relevant, and and it's sort of interesting uh, in areas where you can just see things move, move, move really quickly. So, for example, in the, in the SFR market, right, which is, you know, experiencing unprecedented levels of, of incoming investment and people are really saying, how can we buy homes at scale? And some of these factors aren't problems for them, right? It's cash buyers, um, you know, in, some, in, in many instances, there's uh, lower burdens of diligence and so on. And there we can say, okay, what does an end-to-end digital experience look like here? Speed matters and so on. And it's 
Not that that's going to solve all of those problems for consumers or for the industry as a whole, but it's a fertile training ground for pushing those limits of, well, what does instant title underwriting look like? What does instant escrow look like? What does, you know, what, what can really construct these um, automated processes? And then other things are almost like a, a derivative from that. So, okay, we add in this, we add in that, we add in that. And it's, when you look in these different segments, there are different burdens or different things people care about, but there's innovation all over the landscape. And I think that will feed into each other um, for, for the benefit of all. And now we're going to take a, a really quick break for this week's edition of the Mortgage Minute brought to you by Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. The demand for second homes and investment properties is surging. I'm Tom Hutchins from Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions with today's non-QM Minute. The demand for second homes and investment properties is increasing rapidly. Consumers are still working remotely and they're buying second homes since they're able to work from any location. According to a recent study from Redfin, home buyer demand for second homes and investment properties is up 87% year over year since January of 2021. That's a 12-month high. This strong demand is far outpacing the demand for primary residences. At the same time that this demand increases, second home and investment agency loans are facing sharp increases in fees. Our non-QM Platinum Jumbo program is a great option for these borrowers. They're easy to do. The LTVs are up to 85% on second homes and investment properties with no MI. Originators can capitalize on the buying surge of second homes and investment properties. However, work with a solid non-QM lender to avoid delays and closings in today's competitive market. And that's today's non-QM Minute. One of the themes that came up uh, in the nominations for this year's Tech 100, I, it was probably in 40 or 50% of the nominations, was discussion about reducing costs and making the the um, costs to originate more efficient. Um, we've talked a lot about margin compression in the environment that mortgage banks are going into. With the partners, the, the lending partners that, that you're working with and integrating with today, um, how specific are they getting about uh, the their objectives on cost? Like, are are we talking about a specific number that um, a specific cost to originate that a digital mortgage and closing experience will will help achieve? Are we talking about percentages? Like, how are, how is the industry quantifying this potential impact? It's a great question. We're super focused on this. All of our customers are super focused on this. We just did a really extensive survey i think we talked to a thousand of our customers um, to understand the specific savings so one i think we're seeing or, or the data i should say revealed that um, title agents are saving about an hour per closing by using our platform again people focus on the signing of documents but it's all of the prep that's required you know of compiling and sending and orchestrating and scheduling so that is about an hour hour of time and then from a hard Hard dollars perspective, it's about $450 is what we're seeing from a cost-saving perspective. That's super compelling, of course. It becomes even greater if people manage to then, at scale, address capital markets. That's where there's huge, huge opportunities for savings. And we have customers that are proving you know, shorter dwell times and, and significant cost savings. To answer your question, though, I don't think people right now are searching for a number. What I think they're, they're searching for are ways to break the trend of ever rising costs, right? And it's a structural issue, right? And it's a combination of compliance, you know, um, and and uh, and manual workflow to, to meet those issues where you're just laying on more and more and more process. And that is where I think Notarize is so compelling is to say that whatever you think of, of digital notarization, what we're talking about is getting rid of paper and allowing a ton of innovation then to help address those, those issues. I don't understand how a company fundamentally changes their cost structure if they work in paper. And I, that, that, it's just that simple, you know, in my mind. And frankly, I could save myself a lot of effort and just, just sell on that fact, right? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we, we largely do. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's insane. I think the other issue that the industry grapples with, which 
is not widely discussed is the primary driver of cost is, is LO compensation. And I think that in a world that's becoming more competitive, I, I don't know how you how you change that trend, but I think that's why a lot of folks are so excited about you know digital point of sale and digital digital channels to acquire customers. But um, you know, I think all those play an important role in the process, and I, I don't see that changing for a very very long time. So, yeah, I mean, I think a factor is like the dimension of scale, right? Anyone can break down the unit of a transaction and look at the the costs and inputs and the experience of a single transaction flowing through the system. But of course, what what we're trying to do is meaningfully scale the best experience. It's not a local maximum of what can I produce for a single unit. It's what can I produce at scale, reliably, um, you know, month on month and year on year. And that's where any amount of manual complexity compounds. So this reduction in paper, standardization of process, standardization of data, the benefit is not standalone. It's not quantifiable at the, well, it is quantifiable at per transaction level, but the true number uh, is that compounded over the scale of a pipeline. And I think that, that that's another piece that people certainly are starting to understand off the back of a, a time period where pipelines were full, full to bursting. Yeah, if I get to echo on that, um, this is why it's so hard, right? Um, but also this is why, you know, I've raised more than $200 million and I've got hundreds of years of engineering effort into our product and, you know, Patrick the same, that atomic unit of a transaction and the cost savings versus what he's talking about so then that originator says to you or whomever, okay, I do X thousand closings a month and you start to break them down versus what they represent. And, you know, single borrower, non-co-borrowing owner, you know, um, signatory, go through the, you know, parental guarantor, you know, uh, various device can come to the closing at the same time versus can't, you just go through the permutations and you, and you address what Patrick said, which is it's the exceptions that then become extraordinarily costly because they take you out of that flow. So to succeed, you have to be able to truly represent the preponderance of their volume such that they can actually change their business process with what you're talking about. So that's where we're so excited is we have customers now that, you know, large originators that people would know that are doing 90% of their their volume with us. But it has it has been years and years of just chipping away at at flavor of transaction after flavor of transaction after flavor of transaction. The, we talked a little bit about scale and, and large originators there. And, you know, I think the large originators in our industry get a lot of the attention and, and resources, but it's still an extremely fragmented market, real real estate and mortgage, extremely fragmented. But we kind of look at the, you know, the top lenders on the, the Honda list and you know, like rocket UWM thousands of people dedicated to technology what, what advantages do the large players have as the industry shifts toward a more digital future? Or, or are we shifting toward a future where the right technology and digital tools are actually more accessible throughout this fragmented market? I, I mean, technology should be a great, technology should be a great leveler. Um, as, as the infrastructure in the industry evolves and it's easier to start up a mortgage company or transform a mortgage company um, using, you know, the using Spruce, using Notarize, using products and services that are available such that you can put together an experience that genuinely looks and feels as good, if not better, for, for the lack of legacy um, factors as, you know, one of the companies that has hundreds of people dedicated to technology, that should be a great leveler. Um, we've seen companies, you know, Pat, you mentioned the um, innovating on LO compensation. We've seen companies innovating on serving niche audiences where everything, in, like everything in this industry, niche doesn't really mean niche. And I think this clearly doesn't happen all at once. And in this industry, unlike others, you know, large incumbents obviously have advantages in costs of capital. I think, again, in these different environments, there will be opportunity there. And 
for having a technology ecosystem available to be orchestrated by these companies, I think we can see a lot of people compete and and win. Well, winning might look like different things for them, but for me, it's you know as a as a as a customer better served by for for this existing. And I think we'll see a lot of that. Yeah, I am. Um, I do and don't agree with that. I think that the stack that's getting built does absolutely, to your point, Patrick, allow new entrants to more easily offer disruptive experiences. I think for the incumbents, though, the reality is some of them are, are more capable. Um, and I just think it's they have the trust, you know, from their partners demonstrated by past success rolling out technology, right? And so United Wholesale Mortgage, you mentioned they're a partner of ours. You know, they were who we did the first online closing in the country with in 2017. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of brokers across the country trust them. So when they say they're going to bring out a new a new solution, they think they'll pull it off, right? And they have a scale when they talk to their title partners and say, we are changing process to do this differently. Those title agents don't go, you know, we're not doing it. They're like, we have to do this to support, you know, you know wholesale mortgage. And I think that those 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 advantages do compound. And and I think that, you know, companies out there, if you're not adopting Ron, fine, you know, but you absolutely should be learning how to deploy technology across your organization and building that muscle. And and whatever part of your stack you want to address first and training your teams and because it ain't gonna go well, you know, uh, and you know, we struggle in where and that's not an insult, it's just hard, right? Um, and people just have to build that muscle and build that credibility. So when you really need to to take on challenging stuff, your the market trusts you to do it. The, the fintech ecosystem is is covered in gravestones of uh, tech companies who have tried to implement into large organizations that didn't know how to do it. So Pat, I really like that question you mentioned earlier. Of tell us about some of your past successes launching new technology into your business because I, I think that's probably a pretty telling signal if if someone's ready to be a uh, an innovator or early adopter and in, um, in the digital mortgage process. And Patrick, you mentioned some of the advantages with like, with cost of capital with scale in the past past when we've seen mortgage bank margin compression, it's usually kind of ticked off the beginning of a consolidation or, or M and a wave. Um, do you think technology also maybe an influencer and like who the, the consolidators are and the, the winners of market share as we look forward through the next few years? I think so. I mean, you know, Pat, you mentioned earlier, you know, the the, the North Star making, um, you know, a mortgage, a mortgage buyer be as good as a cash buyer. You know, it, it reminds me of the ecosystem of companies that are sort of trying to do that, right? So the synthetic cash buyer um, and and the down payment assistant companies and so on. There are a lot of interesting companies that may themselves be great independent companies, but in truth likely look like part of a suite of products that, that people should be offering. Um, I think large incumbents are unlikely going to want to um, you know, pick up companies that don't offer something distinct to them. But if there are people that have a bit of know-how and a bit of capability around some of these uh, complementary products, complementary, counter-cyclical, market-specific, and I think there's a lot there. Um, and for these companies that would be uh, the, the acquirees, um, you know, they're, they're going to want to go and work with the folks that get get their vision or that, you know, that they want to be future colleagues with, that they want, you know, they think will be the right place for them to grow their businesses. And uh, so I think I think there will be a bit of that happening, uh, you know, as as this happens in every industry that goes through any cycle of, of of innovation and and compression. Yeah, I think it's it'll it'll surprise you though how it shakes out. And I, and to that end, I mean, look at Redfin and Bay Equity, right? So both notarized customers, by the way. But um, I think that someone on the street would presume that Redfin would be, you know, more adept at building building that technology. Um, but Redfin chose to acquire by equity. I think people don't real, give themselves credit for how hard mortgage origination is at scale and how valuable it is to have a well-run operation that can do that. And I think if you just think about the areas to innovate, the assets that Redfin has, in my opinion, and this isn't coming from them, but you know, the it, actually it, driving consumers from a digital 
you know, home search experience into a digital market experience, no one has nailed yet. And that is the real place, I, in my opinion, for them to innovate, not in in mortgage manufacturing process, right? So they they decided let's let's focus where we have a real place to innovate and acquire, you know, elsewhere, right? And so I think when you just think about the assets that people have as there's consolidation, I think, you know, it's 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 going to be surprising who who in fact has real value, and it might not always be who you who you suspect. And in, and in terms of you know just to be clear, in terms of this wave of technological innovation as an ecosystem and certainly for us as a company, I think we've made incredible progress over the last couple of years, but it just cannot be overstated the extent to which we're just beginning. So, you know, lot, lot, lots more to come. We'll do this again in like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we talk before 15 years. Um, but, uh, but it does feel like we are at the, you know, it feels like we've been in early stages of digital mortgage for quite a while, but it feels like we're at the precipice of an adoption wave. And, uh, and I'm really excited to see what the next several years bring and what this rising rate environment could bring, um, because it's going to bring something, it's going to bring change. And, uh, I think it's up to the industry and the innovators to, to, to decide what they do with this opportunity. Um, so Pat and Patrick I have one final question for you. As we look forward for the next 12 months um, in this time of opportunity, what should we expect from Notarize? What should we expect from Spruce? Uh, what should we be watching for out of your organizations? Pat, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, yeah, with the launch of New York, I don't folks think everyone appreciates how good our product is now for people to use themselves. And so we're just seeing a ton of growth. So from Notarize, you're just going to continue to see tons and tons of title companies actually operate the service themselves. Um, you know, that's a trend that's going to continue. And then two, you're just going to use this without knowing it. So we're just increasingly embedded in a lot of, you know, platforms and tools. And that's really core to our, to our strategy. Um, so just, I guess you won't see more of that, but, uh, you, you'll get to experience Ron in a lot of great places. For us, you know, first of all, I would invite people to follow along on, on LinkedIn, on, on spruce.co, but we're excited. There's so many sectors within the real estate industry that are experiencing unprecedented levels of growth. Um, and we're excited to be enabling digitization across those sectors. So we've got a number of new product launches coming out this year focused on really enabling these sectors in a more bespoke way than they ever have before. Um, and uh, it's going to be a busy year for us. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We will talk before 15 years from now. Uh, hopefully we'll see you on stage at Housing Wire Annual coming up in the, in the fall. So we'll, we'll work on that. Have a great one. Thanks so much. Take care. Bam. Now that is a wrap of this week's episode of the Housing News Podcast. Do me a huge favor and go to iTunes and rate this show. And if you leave a comment, you better tune in next week because you might get a shout out. Thank you.